The Fruit of the Spirit, Part 3, Peace. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him, and he with me. And in this culture, to have a meal with someone had significant meaning. You just didn't eat with someone you didn't like or someone who was not in favor with you, rather those that you had close fellowship with. The idea was as I eat the same food as you're eating, as we share a meal, the sustenance of that meal is sustaining both of us so we're in this strange way connected. And you didn't want to connect with someone who you didn't like. So in Revelation 3.20, Jesus is knocking at the door of the lukewarm church located in the city of Laodicea. And the picture is sad. Here, Jesus is on the outside of the church knocking, trying to get in. It's like many churches today. And nobody is opening the door. But there's a promise to whoever will open the door that Jesus will come in and eat and have that close fellowship. And this close fellowship demonstrated by having a meal with someone is what the Old Testament peace offerings represent, as well as our communion ceremony where we remember Jesus. In Leviticus 3, it outlines the peace offering for three different types of animals, one from the herd, an ox or a cow, and one from the flock, which would be a sheep, and then another one for a goat. And the offering must be without blemish, carrying the idea that we always bring our best to God, not willing to offer anything less. And when you read the procedure, it seems pretty morbid when they're sacrificing the animals, and it was. The offerings were to be taken serious, and the blood that was shed was sacred because the life is in the blood. In Leviticus 17, 11, it said, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So in the law of Moses, sacrifice was key for atoning of sin, a covering of that sin, something innocent had to pay the price for the sin of another, and animals were those innocent ones used to cover their sin in the sacrificial system. And the cross were the ultimate innocent one, Jesus, shed his blood once for all, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That final sacrifice was made to pay for our sin. And Revelation 3.20, it's like a peace offering. It's like that Leviticus 3 offering. You have other offerings. You have sin offerings. You have burnt offerings, etc., The intent is to enjoy that relationship with the Lord, the peace that God had given them, that he had promised them. He wants them to have that, just like God wants us to have peace. But he knows the only way we can have peace is by surrendering to him. He knows how to navigate our lives. We all know that nobody's perfect, but God is perfect. And you want to know direction for your life, you follow him. He takes us to those places he wants us to go. So when Jesus knocks on the door waiting for someone to open it, he's trying to initiate a celebration of peace between him and the person who will open the door. It's true fellowship with God, and that's what the Old Testament peace offering in Leviticus was for, to have a meal with God and to enjoy the peace that comes with knowing him. And you know, the Sabbath for the Jews was given as a sign of that covenant the covenant that God made with Israel, the Sabbath day was a sign. It was a call back to remembrance, and it was a time where the Israelites were to do no work and keep the day holy. Why? So they could experience the peace of God and be reminded of who God is and how good he is. And we would do well to incorporate that kind of discipline into our lives, taking the time aside just to keep the day holy and know that I am here to serve God, and he is good, and he brings about peace. I believe most people have no idea of the fact that God desires that relationship with him based on peace. He wants to give it to us. And a real relationship outside of rules and religion, something that's different, 
something that's intimate, something that's raw, and that's available to everyone who believes that relationship with God. An exercise in faith allows us to draw closer to Him and enter into that peace. In Hebrews 11, it says, and without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So flip that. With faith, we can please Him. And it goes on, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Why do we have to believe that He rewards those who seek Him? Because He does. Do you believe that? Over my life, I've learned that, and I have no lack of frustration in my life, but I know my Redeemer lives, and I know He's good. And when I simply sit quietly and talk to Him, knowing He hears me, I lay it out. And I always try to praise Him in those moments because I don't do it enough, number one, but He's worth it. He's worthy. And knowing that He knows me better than I do just compels me to worship Him. In Revelation 2, 23, it says, I am He who searches the mind and heart. And I will give to each of you according to your works. Well, that's good if you're doing good works, but what if you're doing bad works? Because we all do bad works. Point is, Jesus knows it all, and there's no point in trying to pull the wool over Jesus' eyes. So why not simply surrender to him and obey? And this is what I've strived to do, and yes, I fall short of it, but it's like running a race and falling down. You don't quit. You get up again and again and again until you cross that finish line. And he expects us to fall. He knows we're going to fall. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows how many times we're going to fall. But he also expects us to get up and trust him. And really, when we think about it, he's the one who pulls us up every time. Even when we are bitter toward him or angry at him, he's still there extending his hand saying, come on, let's go. You know, every once in a while, I watch some famous person on TV and they'll share their religious views. And most of the time, those views are so weird, it's obviously they don't know what they believe. Not all of them, but some of them. I can just remember several of them off the top of my head. I'm going, woohoo, okay, yeah, you go on believing that. And I think most people on the planet struggle with what they believe. Why? Well, maybe it's because their belief is not getting them anywhere or rewarding them in the way they think they should be rewarded. And I know that one. I know that in my life, I attended a church as an unbeliever, essentially. I didn't know anything, and the church didn't teach anything, so I just sat there consuming oxygen service after service, wondering if any of this was true. And when I moved and was invited to a Bible teaching church, I knew the first day I attended, which was Easter of 94, that I was missing out on something big. I had a basic belief in God, but I had no peace, because I knew nothing of redemption or the scriptures in general. I was like those in the church of Laodicea. Actually, I was worse than lukewarm. When I understood there was something very real in a relationship with Jesus, I was furious. I just wasted four years of church attendance and didn't learn anything about the Bible. I asked questions. I got baptized. I even bought my own Bible and went to classes that were so watered down and worthless that I just felt lost, and I was. But when I came to my knees and cried out to Jesus and began the process of repentance, that is, learning how to repent— and what true repentance actually is, then my relationship with God came alive and I began my journey to know and fellowship with Jesus. And that's when peace began to trickle into my life. And learning about Jesus, learning to obey his word, learning to trust him, and allowing him to take the steering wheel of my life and guide me where he wanted me to go, set me on a new adventure. And then the scriptures came alive. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And I now understood I was a new creation. Man, I was different. I was thinking different. My heart was different. It was weird. And staying the course was not easy as I experienced failure after failure as a believer. But I knew the one who saved my soul, and I committed my life to him. So walking away was not an option. 
And as I began to submit to the Lord, peace began to come into my soul. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The road to peace begins when we let go of what we have and ask Jesus to take our lives and make them what he wants them to be. Then trust him. He's good. And he will bring peace to the longing heart. Isaiah 26, 3, it says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Isaiah knew this. And Isaiah was a guy who had the peace of God, and he's a guy who suffered. And there was a King Hezekiah who had a psychotic son, Manasseh, who ended up killing Isaiah, and he suffered. But he knew the peace of God because he knew God. God hasn't changed. He still gives peace to those who trust him. Isaiah also knew that the wicked will not have that peace of God. In Isaiah 48, 22, he says, There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. So if you're wicked and you're not repenting, don't expect peace. If you're wicked and you want peace, repent. And we, outside of a relationship with Jesus, we got to remember that we're wicked. There's nothing good in us. We need him. But that amazing sacrifice on that cross 2,000 years ago paid the debt we owed for our sin, and now we've been justified or declared innocent by the blood of the Lamb. In Romans 5, 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we're now declared innocent, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So do you want peace with God? Have you been justified? Have you been declared innocent? Have you fallen on your face before the Lord lately and said, God, I've really been neglecting you. I don't even know the last time I spent time in prayer. Try doing that. Try reaching out to him and just saying, Lord, you are good. Look at my life. Even though I'm a screwball, you've given me so much that I don't deserve. I just want to praise you and I want to love you. And yes, my life gets chaotic, but you know, I see you at work in all of these things. And we got to remember that what's coming is going to be awesome. It's not just now. We're going to experience peace for eternity and it will be cool. Thank you.